Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Stay with us. I've got a ton to cover. First of all, you notice lots of attention to the coronavirus cases. They're rising higher than ever before, we're being told. It's become a pandemic on a pandemic. And the media is right there to report on it. They're all over it. Still, Not talking about mortality rates. But here's my question. You ready? Think about this. Here's my question. I ask a lot of questions on this show. They're really intended to be rhetorical. But here's my question. The vast majority of Americans, 92%, wear masks when they're among other people. Outside, large groups inside. The vast majority of the American people have been wearing masks since Dr. Anthony Fauci told us not to wear masks and then suggested we do wear masks. My point is, have you noticed there's no reporting on whether or not the growing numbers of people who are getting this virus wore masks? The answer is, of course they wore masks. And I have no doubt the vast majority of those who are getting this virus wore masks. Why is this an important issue? Because Joe Biden, Fauci, and the other bureaucrats in the federal government want you to believe that if you would just wear masks, we could get this under control. Well, we are just wearing masks. We are staying six feet apart. There are plastic barriers everywhere you go. In other words, the American people are, in fact, embracing these, these uh, policy initiatives that are being put out there by Fauci and the others. Here's the point. They have no answer. 
and they're never going to admit it. Biden never had a plan. He pretended he did. The only one with a plan was the President of the United States, and we'll talk about this a little later, and his vaccine. He knew right away, we got to get a vaccine, we got to get therapeutics. We got to either kill this thing or be able to treat this thing as fast as possible. He knew wearing masks wasn't the answer. Wearing masks wasn't the answer. And today, while we wear masks, it's still not the answer. Now, the media don't even realize they're undermining the argument of Dr. Fauci and Biden and all the other propagandists. Maybe on the edges you can address this with masks and so forth. Maybe on the edges, but the fact is this is a virus. It's a pandemic. And a whole hell of a lot of people are going to get it. No matter what the federal government does. No matter what the federal bureaucrats tell us to do. No matter what these fascistic governors do to our economies and do to our liberties. The fact is, it's a virus. They can't kill the common cold, they can't kill flus, and they can't kill this virus. Except with a vaccine. Congress hasn't done a damn thing about a vaccine. Nancy Pelosi's been attacking the President of the United States every step of the way. The state that handled this the worst... There's really three of them. There's New York, New Jersey, and California, close behind them, Michigan and Illinois. Maybe all five, but let me say, the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, masks do not stop the virus. It has nothing to do with science. Nothing. So the more masks the American people wear, now we're told this next phase of the coronavirus is worse than the first. So why are we wearing masks? I mean, I'll continue to do it, but you get my point? So when they keep getting, wear your mask, you got to wear your mask. And then there's Joe Biden. Wear your pants. I mean your mask. Yeah, 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 okay. And then they pretend we need a national mandate. And without a national mandate, we'll continue to, to see the spread of the virus. National mandate or no national mandate. The virus spreads. The virus does whatever the hell the virus wants to do. And so the only answer was always to find a vaccine and therapeutics. And Trump was on top of this from day one. Gets no damn credit. And this Pfizer corporation should go to hell. Why do I say that, Mark? They're coming up with a vaccine. Because they politically timed the announcement in a way that Donald Trump and his administration and their enormous efforts to get this vaccine out as fast as possible would become disputed. And we're told today by the top expert who's on top of the vaccine, you're going to have vaccines in December. They're already being produced by the tens of millions. In December! 25 million doses. And then he said 20 to 25 million doses every month thereafter. Every month thereafter, and the president said they're going to senior citizens first, and then the first responders second. The fact of the matter is, one day this will be written about by a sober press, not a drunken left-wing press, and historians. This was the greatest, most effective response to a pandemic in world history. And Governor Cuomo, 
The President of the United States is not targeting New York. He can't send millions of vaccines into New York when you announced in advance that you're not going to accept the science behind these vaccines, even though there's federal regulators involved, they have these independent commissions that look at it, even though we've had tens of thousands of individuals who've been using these uh, during these various uh, uh, trials, you're the one who announced that you wouldn't use them right away. The president can't send a million, two million uh, dosages of a vaccine into New York and not know what the hell is going to happen to them. You're a clown. And so are the people who vote for you. Not my listeners, thank God, but they're clowns too. They vote to destroy themselves. There's nothing we can do about that. But if those vaccines are going to be used elsewhere, without all your political games and your shenanigans, why wouldn't the president make sure that governors, you heard the vice president, again, we'll get to this later, the vice president too, he said, look, governors, get everything in place so when we send you this stuff, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. Now notice how Joe Biden last week tried to take credit for all this. Joe Biden who's in his basement, picking his nose day after day. He wants to take credit in the office of the president-elect, which is right next to the bathroom in his uh, rec room. Masks. All the masks you could possibly want. They're everywhere. People are wearing them everywhere. And now we're told the coronavirus is worse. It's surging. Worse than it ever was. All-time highs. Imagine that. Lockdowns. Do you know why there's such an aggressive push for lockdowns, folks? Because the bureaucrats, the politicians, the media mouthpieces, teachers, all the rest who are on the public dole, and people who are getting government checks, they're utterly unaffected by a lockdown. They get paid, they get their pensions, they get their medical care, they get their subsidies. People on welfare, people on food stamps, those payments never stop. It's the people in the private sector who pay for everything and put food on the table and make sure we have gasoline to put in our automobiles. You people in the private sector, you're the ones who are shut down. I live in a county where they gave the teachers a pay raise. And they haven't walked into a classroom at all during the time they got a pay raise. It's offensive. It's appalling. That's why they have no problem with a lockdown. The people who are calling for a lockdown, professors, bureaucrats, politicians, left-wing media types, they're all going to get paid. They don't lose their jobs. They don't lose their jobs. You lose your job. You lose your business. You lose your home. You lose your livelihood. For them, it doesn't matter. They keep chugging along. Think about that. Think about that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. I want to ask the uh, criminal division of the Justice Department, I know how they function, the voter fraud section, I want to ask the U.S. attorneys around the country, where the hell are you? I'm getting 10 calls a day about fraud out in the field. A day. I can't handle them all. Where are you? We have corrupt, corrupt secretaries of state. We have corrupt districts attorney, uh, district attorneys. Where are you? They're busy undermining the attorney general, the Department of Justice. I'll give you a perfect example. And of course, the Washington Compost hasn't sent a single reporter in the field to track down any of the fraud. Nor has the New York Times. They all seem to think if they interview a commissioner or somebody on the Board of Elections or a public official and they say, we have no evidence of fraud. Well, wow, wow, that's some investigative reporting. We used to have really good investigative reporting nationally and especially locally. They would start looking into these issues and then they'd say, wait, there's more. There's more. None of that anymore. Headline, federal prosecutors assigned to monitor election malfeasance. Tell Barr they see no evidence of substantial irregularities. 16 assistant United States attorneys specially assigned to monitor malfeasance in the 2020 election. This is this group at Maine Justice that is a rogue group that didn't like the fact that the attorney general put out a memo and said to pursue substantial allegations of voting and fraud and so forth or uh, irregularities. And within 72 hours or 96 hours or so, they issue a letter. And they say, uh, they, they uh, urged the Attorney General on Friday to rescind his recent memorandum allowing investigators to publicly pursue allegations of vote tabulation irregularities in certain cases before results are certified, saying they have seen no evidence of any substantial anomalies. So listen to this. They are supposed to look into anomalies. In other words, fraud. They issue a letter that the Attorney General should withdraw his memo. Urging them to look into potential fraud. And that they, sitting in Washington, D.C., on their fat asses, these bureaucrats, they have said, hey, we don't see anything. They don't see anything. There are hundreds and hundreds of signed affidavits under penalty of perjury by courageous citizens all over this country. 
Have these 16 assistant United States attorneys collected those affidavits, interviewed these people, pursued their allegations? Not one of them. Not one of them. And the Washington Post knows it. The Washington Post is poison. It's corrupt. It's cancer. The guy who's chairman of it, Fred Ryan, I don't know where the hell he is and what happened to this guy. In a letter, an image of which was shown to the Washington Post, so you can see this is all about press undermining the president, undermining election. We actually have 16 assistant United States attorneys, and by the way, there's about 900 to 1,000 of them. We actually have 16 of them now who are undermining the rule of law. Shown to the Washington Post, a letter, in a letter, an image of which was shown to the Washington Post. The assistant U.S. attorneys told Barr that the release of his Monday memorandum, which changed long-standing Justice Department policy on the steps prosecutors can take before the results of an election are certified, quote, thrust career prosecutors into partisan politics, unquote. So you have a bunch of hacks here, probably liberal Democrats, whatever they are. They're career civil servants. You and I are paying their salaries, their pension benefits, their medical benefits, their vacation leave, their sick leave. We're subsidizing them and their whole damn family. And this is what they do. The signers wrote that in the places where they served as district election officers, taking in reports of possible election-related crimes, there was no evidence of the kind of fraud Barr's memo had highlighted. I want them to go to Philadelphia, and I want them to talk to the volunteer lawyers who are working on this case, many of whom have talked to me. I want them to go to Michigan and talk to a number of the lawyers working on those cases, a number of whom have talked to me. And it is amazing to me that we have U.S. assistant U.S. attorneys, 16 of them, out of 1,000 or so. 16 of them. They said, we don't have anything. We don't see anything. The policy change was not based in fact, they said. This was specifically done to try and stop. Stop the, the Trump uh, uh, campaign from pursuing its rights under state constitutions, under the federal constitution, and under state law. And then we have this. Cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency calls 2020 election most secure in American history. Most secure in American history? So this group is headed by a partisan who Trump has wanted to fire. Who Trump has wanted to fire. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency... They say, well, this is the cleanest ever. When states have close elections, many will recount about it. It goes on in a political statement, much like those assistant U.S. attorneys. They have no idea a handful of days after the election whether this is the most secure in American history. So what we have here is a bunch of bureaucratic hacks trying to undermine the process. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. 
Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. There have been a number of published reports about anomalies and potential anomalies in the state of Michigan. And the Michigan legislature is Republican. And the Speaker of the House, Lee Chatfield, is a very serious man. And we have him on the phone right now. Mr. Speaker, how are you, sir? Hey, I am doing well. Good evening, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. I am not calling from an undisclosed location. I'm from Lansing, <laughs> Michigan, but uh, happy to be on the show, my friend. Lansing, Michigan. You know, one of my mentors in the Reagan administration, Dr. Lawrence Davenport, from Lansing, Michigan. What a great man, too. Okay. Mr. Speaker, what's going on in Michigan? What are you doing? Well, we convened a rare uh, committee session a couple couple days ago, Mark, because we've had we've had reports from across the state of irregularities in our voting process. And what we did is we did something that was pretty historic. We sent uh, evidence preservation letters to a couple clerks here in our state to request evidence from them to inform them we don't want any evidence destroyed. But we also also even more importantly than that, Mark. We issued a joint subpoena to the Bureau of Elections for all records relating to mass mailings of absentee voter applications and the process by which they mailed those out. What we want to do, Mark, is we want to provide certainty in our state. We want every single voter in the state of Michigan to know that they have a fair process of voting, and we want, that, we want to ensure that they have peace of mind. That's what the Michigan voter deserves, and we are going to provide that. We're not out right now, Mark, saying that there was mass voter fraud in our state. But there were enough irregularities that we want to do some investigations. We want to do some fact-finding. And if there were, if there was fraud, then it will be prosecuted because that's what we need in our country. That's what we need in our state is fair elections. And we're going to do all we can to ensure that we have it. Now, uh, do you think your governor will certify uh, the electors before you guys are done? Well, some of these subpoenas that we issued and the letters that we requested, we need information back by November 16th. Some of those, the certification by the Board of Canvassers will come in December. So it's really not necessarily up to uh, the legislature or the governor, uh, according to our state law, when those are certified. It's the Board of Canvassers. And should they split and not be able to certify it, well, then we'd have something that would have occurred for the first time in our state. And then it will be uh, somewhat of a constitutional crisis in terms of what happens? Do you follow Article 2 uh, you know, of the U.S. Constitution, where it belongs to the state legislatures? But we do already have a system set in place for how that is to operate. So, Mark, right now, our number one goal is to investigate these irregularities. And I will tell you this. This is not about being a Republican, Mark. This is not about being a Democrat. This is not about who you voted for. Every single American in our country and every single Michigander who values our constitutional republic and our system of government and our principles and values that got us to this place of being a shining city on a hill should want to ensure that we have fair elections. And when there are irregularities, 
They need to be investigated. That's what we are doing. That's why we issued the subpoenas. That's why we sent these invest. That's why we sent these letters to these clerks, and that's why we're looking into this Dominion software to ensure everything that was done was done the right way. And I don't think that's too much to ask uh, from you know from our system of government here in this country. No, I don't think it does. And I'm sure you had bipartisan support. I'm sure the Democrats are supporting your effort here, aren't they? Well, I would tell you, uh, de- Democrats uh, only seem to be uh, supportive of investigations when it deals with. Uh, uh, a fake uh, Russian hoax or whether it deals with a fake impeachment. Uh, I can't say that too many Democrats are in support of uh, this investigation right now, but again, it shouldn't be partisan. Um, and uh, you know what? We are fully welcoming their involvement in this process because this isn't about being Republican or Democrat. It's about being American. And I will tell you this, Mark, the only way our constitutional republic can exist and work and function is when people in this state and people in this country have certainty in, in the integrity of our election process, because there's nothing more important than having integrity, and that's what we're looking into. And I would tell you this, this isn't even about changing the results. This is about ensuring that we don't have mass fraud in our state. This is about ensuring that we don't have people trying to cut corners and cheat our system. And we are going to make sure, as the legislature, we're going to fulfill our constitutional duty in ensuring that we have fair elections here in our state. So the Democrats are not supporting this effort, uh, Mr. Speaker. How about the uh, newspapers? Are they supportive of getting to the bottom of these issues? You know, it it would seem, Mark, that uh, in the state of Michigan, uh, it's much like what you're seeing out of Washington. I think most newspapers at this point are ready to move on, say the election was fair. Um, And uh, most inquiries have not been, I would describe, as supportive of our efforts uh, to look into these irregularities that have occurred across our state. But I would say this. Uh, We're not doing this for the press, uh, and we are not doing this uh, for even the Republicans, and we're not doing this for the Democrats. We're doing this because we feel we have a duty to do it, and we're not going to be intimidated by that. We're going to look into this the best we can. We're going to receive this information from these clerks. We're going to receive the information from the Secretary of State that we subpoenaed, and we're going to look into it, and we're going to make sure that this was done fairly because I think that is our responsibility, and that's what the people sent us here to do. A couple more questions, Mr. Speaker. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency says this election was the most secure in American history. Was the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, have they been in touch with your office at all? They have not. No, Mark, uh, I have not been in communication with them. And, uh, you know, uh, I would tell you that people... So, so, so they, don't, they, they really don't know what's taking place in Michigan, do they? I will tell you this, we've had more, we had more irregularities in Michigan this time than what I can remember in past uh, history, Mark, and that's what we're going to look into. Let, let me ask you I my would... next question. Yep. Sixteen assistant United States attorneys have announced that they have seen no irregularities anywhere in the country. Have, they been, have any one of them been in touch with you? They have not. So the 16 assistant United States attorneys and the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency in Washington, D.C., They've announced this is clean, this is done, let's move on. You're saying, wait a minute, we, we don't know clean, done, move on. We, we, we're just starting our investigation. And none of them were in touch with you, correct? That is correct. And, and what I will tell you is, Mark, is we were the ones elected by the people of our state to ensure we had fair election processes and integrity in our election system. They were. And you know what? I would tell you this, what my late grandfather said. People do what you inspect, not what you expect. And I tell you what we're going to do is we're going to be inspecting the process of this election system to make sure it was fair. And, Mark, I don't think that's too much to ask for. No. People in our state deserve to know that there is still integrity in the election process in our country. 
This is not about changing the results, but we are going to look into this. We are going to make sure there was no fraud, and we're going to get to the bottom of it if there was. And if there was, I hope those people are prosecuted. Have the Washington Post or New York Times contacted you uh, to, uh, to inquire about uh, your efforts here? Yeah, they've been in contact with my office probably on a, a daily basis, Mark. Are they, are they troubled by what you're trying to do? You know, judging by the questions that I have coming in from uh, the media outlets across the country, I don't, I'm not certain, Mark, to tell you the truth, that it's a, a real genuine desire to know what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, more questions to simply pigeonhole us and to categorize our, our efforts as trying to undermine uh, the election process, which it couldn't be further from the, from the opposite of that, Mark. We are just simply trying to verify and validate it. We're not trying to undermine anything. We're trying to make sure that there's people in our country who haven't already done that. And I would say this, no one should be afraid of a little investigation to make sure we have integrity in our election process, because I think that's what the people of our state and our country deserve in a time where there's a lot of political division. You're very wise. What you're doing is very, very important. Uh, Here we see the day when, in fact, trying to determine whether there is campaign integrity and voter integrity and whether everybody's vote that's supposed to count is counted and everybody's vote who's not supposed to count isn't counted like dead people. I didn't know that was a conservative Republican right wing issue, but that's where we are today, Mr. Speaker. I want to thank you. Stay strong. We greatly appreciate your efforts at Honest Government. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure being on the show. God bless you. Take care of yourself. There's the Speaker of the House of Michigan. He, and along with the Senate side, are investigating and have issued subpoenas to determine the, whether this election was fair and square. They've got no support from the Democrats, no support from the media. And here we have an agency in Washington, D.C., the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, calls 2020 election most secure in American history, and they haven't even been in touch with the leaders of the state legislature who are investigating this. But they're promoted by the media. These 16 assistant United States attorneys, any one of whom I would ask to call the program, They issue a letter, they make it public to the Washington Post, which tells you everything you need to know. They violate internal Justice Department procedures. That's why it was done, you know, very sleazily. They're upset that the Attorney General wants to investigate claims of fraud. And now the Attorney General's under attack. I'm going to read something to you, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of a thousand pieces of information I've gotten in two weeks. Subject, urgent, Delaware County, that's Delaware County, Pennsylvania, one of the big counties outside of Philadelphia. Bureau of Elections, missing precinct data, action required from judges of election. From Iacono Christina, official email, countydelawarepa.us. Dear Delaware County poll worker, Subject is urgent. Delaware County Bureau of Elections, missing precinct data, action required from judges of election. This went out yesterday. Dear Delaware County poll worker, thank you very much for your service on election day. We know that it was a long day and that things may have been missed during the closing procedures at the end of the night. Unfortunately, due to missing data, election results from your precinct, this is to all the precincts in Delaware County, cannot be confirmed and approved for final tabulation until the missing data is reconciled. In order to ensure that all votes cast will be counted, we need at least one member of your election team 
to come to the machine warehouse ASAP to help complete forms. If you were the minority inspector and were provided an envelope at the close of polls, please bring the envelope with you to ensure the county has as much data as possible to correct issues in the precinct. The missing data may be any of the following. One, missing yellow numbered list of voters. Two, incorrect numbers in the yellow book, that is numbers that do not match the scanner tabulation. Three, missing ballot reconciliation forms. This impacts the ballot chain of custody. Four, missing information on the close of night return sheet. Five, missing return sheet. The machine warehouse is located, blah, 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 and will be open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now, I'm not going to give you the identities beyond the name, so you know this is the real deal. How do prosecutors miss stuff like this? It's all over the place. How do the media miss something like this? It's all over the place. Because they don't want to have it. They don't want to look. This is one of a thousand threads. And you pull the thread and you see where it takes you. That's what serious investigators do. Instead, they're issuing letters. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency calls 2020 election most secure in American history. Why did they do that? Because the leadership of that entity hates President Trump. And so they undermine our election procedures by putting out propaganda that the same media that hates Trump and loves Biden then burps up. These 16 assistant U.S. attorneys, why do they issue this letter? Because they hate the attorney general and they hate Trump. And they don't want to do their jobs. I just read this. Let's see if I'm contacted by anybody in the criminal division of the Justice Department or any United States attorney's office that says, can we have a copy of that? And, and I'll give you a copy of it. But that's not evidence of a crime. You don't have evidence in advance of investigation. There's a thousand examples like this. And these poor lawyers who are, you know, I hear people calling into some of my friends' shows as I was driving today. We need real lawyers, real lawyers. People sit on their fat asses eating chocolate-frosted donuts because this one firm had to pull out of Pennsylvania. You know why that firm pulled out of Pennsylvania? Because the lead lawyer was threatened. Personally threatened. Personally threatened. Isn't that worth a criminal investigation? Rather than some of you folks trashing the guy? We have the Lincoln Project threatening lawyers and their law firms. Encouraging people to threaten them. Have you ever seen anything like this in your life? I haven't. I haven't. I have an email that literally admits anomalies in the data and the vote. Right here. In one of the biggest counties in Pennsylvania. How hard would it have been for the Washington Post to do an investigation or the New York Times? How hard would it have been for the... Where the hell is the U.S. attorney? Swain, I think his name is, in Philadelphia. Where is he? Where is he? Nowhere. Nowhere. I'm sure some intrepid reporter on one of the cable channels will run to Philadelphia and interview the, the Secretary of State or maybe an election official. Have you found any fraud here? No, no there's no fraud. Nothing, no problem here. Look at that. Look at that. There's no fraud here. Wow. And then you get 
But even if there is, there's not enough. Excuse me? There's not enough fraud here. We're not going to... Now, if you have a lot of fraud, maybe it affects a million votes or half... Then we might take a look. If you can present it to us and hand it to us on a silver platter, well, you got 3,000 votes here, 5,000... Who cares? I don't know. Congressional races that were close as hell? Senate races that were close as hell? State races and local races close as hell? Matters to them too, you know. What a complete crapshoot this is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. Today's one of those days where I've got so much I want to get to. Not the superficial stuff that everybody's no doubt already talked about. I really want to dig in. I just worry I won't have enough time. And by the way, don't forget to watch Sunday. Kaylee McEnany's on, and, and Joe Concha, and we're going to take a very close look at some of this fraud, some of the institutionalized fraud, and the media. So that's 8 p.m. on Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't watch it live, you might want to uh, DVR it. Um, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin. And I'll be a little hot under the collar myself, I think. When Barack Milhouse Benito says that the President of the United States, and I will address this more next hour, but here's a flavor, is undermining democracy. When this man unleashed the FBI against the media, when this man unleashed the IRS against the Tea Party, when this man, under his administration, unleashed the FBI against the candidate of the opposing party, when this man's intelligence agencies got involved in our campaign as well, I don't need any lectures from Barack Obama, who believes in the 1619 Project, not the 1776 Project. Barack Obama, who writes an 800-page book, his third narcissistic, egomaniacal autobiography. 800 damn pages? You'd think he's Winston Churchill. He's no Winston Churchill, that's for sure. Filled with, oh, poor Barack. He was so discriminated against, he became President of the United States and worth one or two hundred million. Poor Barack Obama. Don't we all wish that we were as poor as Barack Obama? I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. You're right to despise the media. It's a pack of jackals. Absolute left-wing liars and propagandists. What they've done to this administration and this president, what they've done to you and me, what they've done in these states, what they're doing now is grotesque. Barack Milhouse Benito Obama is on 60 Minutes. It's a massive show. He's on 60 Minutes. He's asked about Donald Trump in the election. Who's the idiot that was asking him? Mr. Scott Pelley. Scott Pelley. Where is this cut? I can't find it. And he's not asked about Now they finally have Obama, Mr. Ex-President, who apparently serves in the office of the Ex-President of the United States, Mr. Producer. As you sit in the office of the Ex-President of the United States, I want to talk to you about various things that took place while you were President of the United States. Wait a minute, I thought thought we were talking about our book. I I thought I was going to trash Trump. Just settle down. I want to talk to you about that meeting in early January before President Trump was inaugurated. I want to ask you what you knew and when you knew your administration was spying on the Trump camp. I want to know what information you were provided about FISA warrants. I want to know all that you knew about the investigation of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Not a single question, and by the way, that barely touches the surface, not a single question to Obama about these things that occurred when he was President of the United States. Nothing. Nothing. They talk about Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin would love the American media. The American media love autocrats, if they're of the left. They love autocrats if they're of the left. And so, I wasn't going to start with this, but why not? Here's Obama on 60 Minutes. Look, Obama's going to be on 60 Minutes this Sunday. Don't waste your time. 800 pound, 800 pound, pretty much, 800 page book about Obama. Is that not sickening? Now, I'll be honest with you. He not only had one of the most pointless administrations in American history, he accomplished nothing positive for the American people while he was trying mightily hard to attack our system from within. That's the truth. Let's listen to the tough question that he got from Scott Pelley. Cut six, go. What are these false claims of widespread election fraud? doing to our country right now. Oh, here now. you go. There you go. First of all, the guy sounds like he has a broken jaw. Scott Pelley's a leftist. I even quote him in, from years ago in Liberty and Tyranny on, back then, global warming. 
What are these false claims of widespread election fraud doing in our country, to our country right now? Scott Pelley hasn't looked into a single one of the claims. Rather than sit there with a couple of affidavits signed by American citizens under penalty of perjury, for which they can go to prison if they're lying, rather than quote some of what's been said, a question like Scott Pelley perhaps, what do you say to the American people? When you have data glitches, when you have voting where there's violations of the Equal Protection Clause between in-person voting and mail-in voting, what do you say to the American people? Instead, we get this. Again at the top, cut six, go. What are these false claims of widespread election fraud doing to our country right now? They appear to be motivated in part. So, so see, we have now we have commentary about the president and his challenge of the former president's former vice president. What do you think about this guy there? You know, Barry. Hey, uh, what do you what do you think, Barry? I'm sure before he said, I'm going to ask you about this. Just get ready. You know, okay, I'll be ready. He thinks all of you are racist, by the way. That this country is irredeemably racist. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Go ahead. Uh, The president doesn't like to lose and uh, never admits loss. Um, I'm more troubled by the fact that other Republican officials who clearly know better are going along with this, are humoring him in this fashion. Um, it is one more step in delegitimizing not just the incoming Biden administration, but democracy generally. And that's a dangerous path. Follow-up question. If I wasn't a complete fraud like Scott Pelley, the follow-up question would be this. Well, you talk, Mr. President. You notice the affectation of these buffoons? You talk, Mr. President of undermining democracy generally, that's a dangerous path. Then what do you say to Chuck Schumer, who says if they win the seats in the Georgia Senate race, that the independence of the United States Supreme Court will be destroyed by adding individuals who agree with his and your party and ideology? What do you say to Chuck Schumer, who says they will add four Democrat seats to the Senate, making it virtually impossible for the Republican Party to ever have a majority again. Mr. Obama, what do you say to to Chuck Schumer, who wishes to abolish the filibuster rule, which was used often to advance your agenda? Don't those damage democracy? Next question for Obama. Uh, Mr. Ex-President, we sit here in the office of the Ex-President of the United States. I'm sure you call the office of the President-elect of the United States from time to time. Some more questions for you. When your party goes into state courts and says there should be no signatures and no signature comparisons, there should be no postal dates on envelopes. 
that Democrats in Democrat areas should be able to cure their ballots, but Republicans in Republican areas aren't even notified about curing their ballots in violation of state law. What, what do you say to the American people about undermining democracy? See what I mean? This is why I'm hated. This is why I'm despised by the media. I'm despised by, by corporate CEOs and board members who are leftists. This is why I'm despised. Why? Because I'm three steps ahead. Barack Obama's a fraud. The idea that he cares about democracy, he hates our, our constitutional system. Since the country was founded in racism, it's irredeemable. That's all you need. That's the 800 pages. That's all pretty much you need to know. That's all you need to know. And if you're looking for a doorstop, get a real doorstop. Get one of the dogs, you know, you go to these, one of the iron dogs from like 80, 90 years ago. Hold the door open with that. Don't buy this 800-page thing. And to think that liberals, liberals are going to sit down and have the patience to read 800 pages of anything is amazing. They don't read the Bible. They don't read the Declaration of Independence. They don't read the Constitution. They read the New York Slimes, the Washington Compost. They watch uh, Comedian TV, CNN, and MSNBC. 800 pages. They haven't read 800 pages of anything in their entire life. May I say with all due respect. Now, there are serious people who've been speaking out. Not like Obama. Like Associate Justice Samuel Alito of the Supreme Court who was a deputy solicitor of the United States, too, who was a U.S. attorney, who was an appellate judge. This is a serious man, an incredibly intelligent man. And he's very concerned about the growing fascism by these blue state governors and mayors who are telling you that, oh, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving is canceled this year. What? And there better not be more than 10 of you and your family in that house. If we see all these cars, we'll be knocking on your door and we'll be We'll be taking you to jail. While we're letting the criminals out the back door with bail reform, we'll be throwing you in the front door. Especially you Jews. You Jews, you big families, you like to get together, particularly in the holidays. You Jews, particularly Orthodox and Hasidic Jews, particularly in New York. You Jews, uh, you better not get together. You reform Jews, you don't really care. You're liberals, you're Democrats, you throw in with the... Uh, with the autocrats here, and you don't give a damn. But that's all right. We're not talking to you. And we'll hear what some of what Sam Alito has to say in a moment. We'll be right back. Lovin. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. What a novelty, a company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. 
That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, Levin Podcast, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. You know, if America were the America of the 1950s or even the 1940s, Donald Trump would be getting a ticker tape parade just about now for what's been done with these vaccines and these therapeutics. They funded many of these efforts with billions and billions of dollars, already produced the vaccines in case they cleared all the hurdles. We've never seen anything like this before, ever. And the idea that Joe Biden, who had a what a chance to demonstrate his abilities in 2009 could do this is simply false. And then he points as his chief of staff, the same flunky who screwed up before. They're busy with mandates and wearing masks and lockdowns, none of which do a damn thing. Look at this coronavirus surge. People have been wearing more masks more often than ever before, and it's surging. And so that's their idea. They, they, this is their head fake. They want you to believe this is what's going to fix it. Forget about the vaccine. They came up with a name for the vaccine. It's the Joe Biden vaccine. You wait. It's just absolutely appalling. And that Pfizer held back until after the election to announce it when it should have held back anything. It should have explained it. Is really a disgrace. That most of these major corporations, ladies and gentlemen, most of these publicly held corporations... The CEOs are leftist Democrats. The board members are leftist Democrats. All you have to do is Google and see their contributions. They're public. Jumping in for Black Lives Matter right away. Many of them voted for Hillary Clinton. Supported some Democrat, if not Biden, in the primaries. But none of them, almost, almost none of them supported Trump or Republicans or conservatives. They get rich off the capitalist system while undermining the capitalist system. That's why so many of these companies are run so poorly and in such deep debt. It's shocking. Then to show you how, how wonderful they are, endless furloughs. Liberals, for the people, furloughing their employees. You see it all over the place, don't you, Mr. Producer? Now, there's more cause... Excuse me, some cause I'd like to go to, but I want to go to Sam Alito. This is a good man. And he's speaking yesterday at the Federalist Society. And of course, if the liberals had their way, they'd be rounding up every member of the Federalist Society, disbarring them so they couldn't practice law, and then put them out in the fields where they can uh, pick rice. We all need rice, don't we? Who better? Let's go to uh, Justice Alito. Cut one, go. I'm now going to say something that I hope will not be twisted or misunderstood. Well, Mr. Justice, it will be twisted and misunderstood because we're dealing with left-wing ideologues who hate you, who hate the court, who hate the Constitution, and hate America. Go ahead. I have spent more than 20 years in Washington, so I'm not overly optimistic. In any event, here goes. The pandemic has resulted in previously unimaginable restrictions on individual liberty. Wow. He's speaking up for individual liberty. We can't have that. What's wrong with this man? And notice when he was speaking, he wasn't wearing rubber gloves and a mask. And didn't they even talk about goggles at one point, Mr. Medusa? 
Didn't Fauci even say it would even be better if you wear goggles? Can you imagine a country, people walking around with rubber gloves, masks, and goggles on? And Fauci sitting in his office, probably surrounded by others who've been around for 50 years, with yellow teeth, rotting teeth, dirty fingernails, been hanging around a long time, collecting their government payroll. Look at this. We got everybody. Look, we got everybody to wear masks and goggles and rubber gloves. Ha, 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 It's been very stressful working in the Trump administration. Very stressful. I love the days of Hillary when we could write love notes back and forth. Go ahead. Now, notice what I am not saying or even implying. I am not diminishing the severity of the virus's threat to public health. And putting aside what I will say shortly about a few Supreme Court cases, I'm not saying anything about the legality of COVID restrictions. Nor am I saying anything about... By the way, see how he has to do that? It's like buying a ladder with all the uh, warnings on there. Look, make sure you hold on to the ladder. Make sure you're watching so you step on each step. You know, when you're at the top of the ladder, make sure your feet are on the ladder. No clapping. No aerobics, no yoga, stay on the ladder. Every warning, there's like 15 labels, 20 labels. Have you ever noticed that, Mr. Producer? And so now Justice Alito has to do the same thing, knowing that he's going to come under a vicious assault. And it won't matter. He's still going to come under a vicious assault because he dares to speak up for individual liberty. And he dares to speak up for the Constitution. They hate the Constitution unless they can use it against us. Go ahead. Do any of these restrictions represent good public policy? I'm a judge, not a policymaker. All that wait I'm a saying- minute, wait a minute. Then you need to be impeached because Schumer wants policymakers. That's why if they get their way, they plan to uh, stack the Supreme Court with left-wing policymakers. Maybe the Chief Justice is paying attention. Maybe not. He's probably in Georgetown. He and his wife with uh, Tom Friedman and his wife, as I understand it, uh, having a cocktail. Go ahead. And I think it is an indisputable statement of fact. We have never before seen restrictions as severe, extensive, and prolonged as those experienced for most of 2020. And they're unnecessary. These are police state tactics. Not a single hack who runs a media site. Not a single hack who works for a media site on the left. Not a single hack media type. Not a single hack bureaucrat. Not a single hack NEA member. Not a single hack on a government salary or pension or subsidy has to worry about anything. It's we. It's all of us, the working stiffs, day in and day out. We're the target because we don't have government guaranteed anything. Nothing. They're attacking our civil liberties. This is precedent now. This is precedent for the future. The centralization of government. The war on the Supreme Court. The war on the Senate. The war on the states when it comes to elections. The war on the Republican Party. The war on conservatives. This is very, very serious, ladies and gentlemen. More Sam Alito when I return. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. 
So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Show the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. Let me announce it, proclaim it, declare it as loudly and clearly as I know. The vast majority of the over 72 million people who voted for Donald Trump will never accept Joe Biden, will never accept the results of this election, will never ever unite behind the tyrants and the reprobates and the miscreants and the malcontents who tried to destroy our president's administration for four years, tried to destroy his candidacy, illegally used the FBI, and I don't need any dorm report to tell me otherwise, illegally used the FISA courts, lied about evidence, we are never going to accept Joe Biden as President of the United States. Joe Biden never accept Donald Trump as President of the United States. Nancy Pelosi spent the entire time, her second time as Speaker, trying to overthrow the 2016 election results, as did Chuck Schumer. They are now threatening us with burning down the Constitution, by burning down the Supreme Court, by burning down the Senate and other traditions and constitutional institutions. We will never accept these people. We will never accept their agenda. They have no agenda for liberty, no agenda for individualism. They reject the principles of the founding. They reject the founding altogether. They embrace the Marxists among them. They embrace the anti-Semites among them. What is there to unite around, ladies and gentlemen? They want to open our borders so illegal aliens come into the country. They're going to give them free health care, Medicare, among other things. And they're going to take the jobs of hardworking Americans, union and non-union, blue collar, white collar, no collar, doesn't matter. And some of these damn fools that run some of these unions backing Joe Biden. Why would I unite around Joe Biden when the communist Chinese are giddy with their friend who might, who might, who would be back in the White House? Why would I rally around the most left-wing senator in the United States Senate, more left-wing than Elizabeth Warren, more left-wing than Ed Markey, more left-wing than Bernie Sanders, a nut, Kamala Harris? Why would I unite around her? 
these battles going on in the states, as difficult as they are, these uphill battles, they have to be fought until there's a result. I'm disgusted by people who call talk radio and stab these lawyers in the back who are doing more to save this republic than any one of these callers. I'm not talking about you. We don't have callers like that. They sit on the sidelines and shoot spitballs. I've had about enough of that. They're volunteers. They're doing everything they can. They're fighting the system. They're fighting left-wing judges, left-wing state supreme courts, left-wing governors, left-wing state boards of election. It's a very easy argument. All you got to do is argue that, really? When you go into a court of law, you can't make political arguments. You can't just make what you think are reasonable arguments. That's not how it works. And the media in this country, you are hated, and you're hated for a good reason. It is you who threaten democracy. It is you who have destroyed freedom of the press. You are the enemy of the people. You've been exposed once and for all, every damn one of you, with your stupid look on TV. You're not reporting. You're propagandists. Even now. Even now. Where's the fraud? Where's the fraud? Again, I remember the day when the media were out there finding the fraud. Now, they want it handed to them. There's tons of fraud. And there's been tons of fraud. And I'll get to that again and again and again. But I'll get to it again after we finish with the great Associate Justice, Sam Alito. Cut to, Mr. Producer. Go. Laws giving an official so much discretion can, of course, be abused. And whatever one may think about the COVID restrictions, we surely don't want them to become a recurring feature after the pandemic has passed. All sorts of things can be called an emergency or disaster of major proportions. Simply slapping on that label cannot provide the ground for abrogating our most fundamental rights. And whenever fundamental rights are restricted, the Supreme Court and other courts cannot close their eyes. Can you imagine him as Chief Justice of the United States? Can you imagine him rather than the uh, Kennedy Center fellow? Wow. Alito's a historic figure. Roberts is a hysterical figure. Cut three, go. Just as the COVID restrictions have highlighted the movement toward rule by experts, litigation about those restrictions has pointed up emerging trends in the assessment of individual rights. This is especially evident with respect to religious liberty. It pains me to say this, but in certain quarters, religious liberty is fast becoming a disfavored right. And that marks a surprising turn of events. Consider where things stood in the 1990s. And to me, at least, that does not seem like the Jurassic Age. When a Supreme Court decision called Employment Division versus Smith cut back sharply on the protection provided by the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment, Congress was quick to respond. It passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, RIFRA, to ensure broad protection for religious liberty. The law had almost universal support. In the House, the vote was unanimous. In the Senate, it was merely 97 to 3. 
and the bill was enthusiastically signed by President Clinton. Today, that wide support has vanished. When states have considered or gone ahead and adopted their own versions of RIFRA, they have been threatened with punishing economic boycotts. It's incredible. 20 years. Finally, cut four. Go, please. One more example. Consider what a member of the Colorado Human Rights Commission said to Jack Phillips, the owner of the now notorious Masterpiece Cake Shop, when he refused to create a cake celebrating a same-sex wedding. She said that freedom of religion had been used, quote, to justify all kinds of discrimination throughout history, whether it be slavery, whether it be the Holocaust. We can list hundreds of situations where freedom of religion has been used to justify discrimination. You can easily see the point. For many today, religious liberty is not a cherished freedom. It's often just an excuse for bigotry, and it can't be tolerated, even when there is no evidence that anybody has been harmed. Yep. Now, why is this, ladies and gentlemen? Where does this come from? It comes from Karl Marx. That's where it comes from. I've written about it in at least two books, probably three books, but we've talked about it here endlessly over almost 20 years on the radio. One of these so-called marks, I call them Ten Commandments, is the abolition of religion. Why abolish religion? Well, in many cases, you don't have to abolish a religion. We have millions, if not tens of millions of people in our own country who reject religion. I don't mean you're born a Jew, you're born a Catholic. I mean reject it in substance, not just form. Why? Because as my wife likes to say, as Norm Pothortz wrote in an entire book, for these people, liberalism, big government, that's their religion. That's why they howl as they do. That's why they fight as they do. That's why the eyes pop out of their heads and the veins in their foreheads and their teeth grow fangs. For them, their ideology is a religious ideology and they have false idols. False idols. Government-run health care, open borders, things of that sort. And so, people of faith, you say, these could be very good people of faith. How can they be people truly of faith, serious people of faith, when the ideology, the political ideology they embrace, attacks their religious belief system? It's like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, who support abortion on demand funded by the taxpayers. Now, that's not what the Catholic Church says. That's not what the Catholic Church says. And yet, that's what they do. Or you have individuals who support them. People who support Joe Biden for president. This is a fundamental issue. Abortion. The Muslim faith rejects abortion. And yet, you have groups like CARE and other radical groups dangerous radical groups that embrace a candidate like Joe Biden. Why? Because it's all about power in the end. 
And that's what their real faith is, power. Power to impose their will on you and me. You and I don't believe that. We fight within the parameters of the Constitution. We don't seek to impose our will on anybody. As I've also said many times, these people use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. And they use the great blessings of liberty in this country to destroy liberty in this country. And we can't really figure out how to deal with this. And so here you have a voice. A voice in Sam Alito. A clarion voice. A beacon. In the midst of all of this. There's a handful of them. They're to be listened to and embraced. Because this nation is on a juggernaut off a cliff. And that's where Joe Biden and his party want to take us. I will never unite behind them, ever. I will do everything humanly possible behind any broadcasting platform I have. I will use whatever intellectual muscle I have. I will use whatever reach I have to fight them every step of the way. Every step of the way. The President of the United States is not calling for the destruction of American government, American institutions, fundamental transformation of anything. He's trying to defend our liberties and our Constitution. And then you have a person like Barack Obama who has spent his entire life, his entire life, in the lap of luxury of this country. Who's reached the highest of heights. Is among the wealthiest of the wealthy. Who's treated like a rock star wherever he goes. Writes an 800 page book trashing America and trashing you. No appreciation. No thanks. What a historic figure he could truly be, not merely as the first black president, but really fundamentally a historic figure. He's not a historic figure. A historic figure would be somebody who really does fundamentally transform the culture in a number of communities in this country where people could really look up to him, not again simply because of his race, but because of his content. Can you imagine if this man said, look at me. I became president of the United States. This is a nation that's 65, 70% white, 13% black, and I became president of the United States by significant margins. And I want kids all over the country, especially minorities, to know the country has a lot to offer you. Embrace freedom. Look for opportunity. Or create your own opportunity. Go to school. Become smart. Educated. As best you can. Get into a a profession. Or if you don't want to get into a profession, get into a walk of life that really motivates you. Because you can become president too. He's never talked like that. There's nothing inspirational about anything that Barack Obama or his wife have to say. Nothing. It's the same old race baiting and balkanization. I'll be right back.
Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. What a novelty, a company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, Levin Podcast, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Do you see uh, Americans flocking to live in blue states and blue cities, Mr. Producer? You see the opposite, don't you? Even these uh, locusts, I call Democrats who move into red states and vote Democrat, I call them locusts. You know, they eat their own, uh, their own wheat, their own corn, and then they come into our states and destroy them too. Really, uh, really irrational buffoons. But you don't see people moving quickly into New York, and into California, and into Illinois, and these other states. But you see them moving into red states. This is, this is why they want to impose their will, change the voting system, destroy the Supreme Court, change the legislative system, and impose their will on us. All right, we've got a whole full hour, important hour left. Before you come back, here's what I want you to do. Go to Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, and join me, follow me. At Mark Levin Show. At Mark Levin Show. At Mark Levin Show. You got to do it soon because I'll probably be leaving Facebook in just a few weeks. See you in a moment. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. It is, of course, always important appreciate our blessings in this magnificent country and we do that here every day and I've done it every day of my life broadcasting or not broadcasting but now is not the time to change our focus no I don't think the country will be the same if we lose the presidency and lose the senate yes 
it'll be just as beautiful. Look at California. It's still a beautiful state. I would argue, and I'm not a Californian, that it's the most beautiful state of all the states. Look at the diverse geography, the weather. Nothing that happens in California changes that. But we're not talking about that. And if we let our guard down in the middle of this battle, the battle that is going on right now, of course we will lose enormous liberties, private property rights, and God knows what. Certainly our constitutional system. It's not something you turn on and turn off one day to the next, one program to the next. We conservatives, we fight because we love this country and the founding. We're well aware of our surroundings. Oceans, lakes, rivers, mountaintops, valleys. What a beautiful country. That's why we cannot take our eye off of what's taking place. That is, one has nothing to do with the other. The, the magnificence of geography and weather and, and scenery of America is one thing. These people who want to put together hate lists, enemies lists, wish to take our private property, wish to destroy our access to health care, destroy our economic system, destroy job creation, that can take place in a beautiful area, Mr. Producer, can it? Like California. We have governors who are telling us not to celebrate Thanksgiving. We have governors telling us that they can reach into our homes at the dinner table and determine how many of us can sit around. We have governors who are telling us that churches can't be churches, while rioters can be rioters. Now is not the time to get weak or distracted. This isn't the time for that. This is not a military battle, but it's as important as a military battle. There's an awful lot at stake. We've been saying that now for a long time. All of a sudden, we don't pretend that's not the case. There's a lot of ways to feel good. Family, friends, yes, the great outdoors, your faith, so many things. Your dog, cat, depending on what you have. But America is a great place because of the American people. And when the American people are abused or the government tries to remake man in the image of some leftist or something, America ceases to be a great place. Beautiful place, but a great place. So now is not the time to confuse the two. Now is the time to be stronger than ever. And when you're stronger than ever, you love your country. You love your family. 
You embrace your faith. That's what we're fighting for. The media in 2000, in that election, with Al Gore, was litigating for 37 days. And the only way he could hope to win was the radical Democrat Supreme Court constantly changing the rules for counting chads. In other words, cheating. The media saw things a little differently back then. And we can play montages like this on almost every issue because the media, again, are the enemy of the people and they're frauds. Hat tip newsbusters, cut five, go. There is no question or very little question that Al Gore won the votes cast in the state of Florida. The question is, will he win the votes counted? And there's some stories in Florida still developing. We don't know all the facts, but it really looks odd. Some say, listen, Dan, is the quote, is the fix in Florida? There is no evidence whatsoever of illegal votes or any kind of election fraud. Voting irregularities are alleged in some counties. Some irregularities in the vote count. Voting irregularities. Voting improprieties. Just to be very clear. There is no evidence of, quote, clear and apparently credible allegations of irregularities. Do you think in in Florida that voter fraud has been perpetrated? Problems with voter fraud. There is no evidence of fraud. Democrats say two Republican workers committed a felony. Voting offices resembling crime scenes. There is no evidence. He has yet to put forth any evidence. There's no evidence. There is no evidence of malfeasance. A poll worker shows up to the elections office this afternoon with a bag of ballots. Why are they showing up now? We're watching a conspiracy theory be woven in real time. Baselessly crying fraud, making unhinged accusations. Yesterday, early editions of the New York Post got it wrong, printed out Bush wins. The Gore campaign today boldly predicted that when the final vote is in, they will prevail. Trump is still refusing to recognize reality and admit he lost. Al Gore could pick up more than 4,000 votes. A defeated president refusing to face reality. Gore may have won Florida because of those votes. You need to face reality. You've been defeated. Gore could challenge the election in court. Rather... Frivolous lawsuits? Frivolous lawsuits, that's right. Filing frivolous lawsuits without evidence. There will be intense pressure on the, in this country to have him become the president. Most people think the guy with the most votes wins. Well, we heard from the president just a, a short while ago, it, it sounded like somebody who is just a sore loser. How would the liberal weenies of the news media be treating all this if the roles were reversed? Oh, my God. Are you kidding? That, that uh, George Bush was a crybaby, that he was the spoiled son of a failed president. <laughs> you know, you could just hear it. The personal, the personal attacks on Bush would be just absolutely vicious. No. He's a sore loser. Yes, yes. No evidence of fraud when the Bush people were saying that there was fraud as the counting went on by the Democrats. You could hear, you can hear the hypocrisy. Now there's this uh, voting system called Dominion. I don't pretend to be an expert on this. Sidney Powell's trying to track it down. Others are trying to track it down. It's ubiquitous. It's in a number of counties and states. It already had problems in the past. Thousands of votes going to the Democrat and then, oops, back to the Republicans. And so people are very concerned about the various software and computer systems that are being used. And that's why you have these these various reviews. And that's why you need audits and so forth. I mean, folks, they look at the overall numbers and say, Trump can't win. He needs 100 and some thousand votes. That's not the case. Wisconsin is what, 14,000 votes? I don't know what all the states are. It's a small fraction. You have a state like Pennsylvania where 6.7 million or so voted and 
and I believe Biden's ahead by 50 or 60 grand. You flipped 25 or 30,000. I'm not saying any of that's going to happen. I'm just making the point. So before the election, on October 26, 2020, PBS NewsHour brought up concerns about the Dominion voting system. Before the election, PBS NewsHour, hat tip right scoop, cut seven go. Also taking a deep dive, election security white hat hacker, Hari Hursty. They have set up a, a complicated system which is centralized and doesn't seem to have any safeguards. Georgia's vote tallying system is a complex assortment of laptops, iPads, magnetic cards, touchscreens, printers, and scanners. Lots of moving parts. 2019, Georgia bought the devices from a Canadian company called Dominion Voting Systems. They replaced paperless machines like these, made by a now-defunct company called Diebold Election Systems. A federal judge forced the state to scrap the discredited devices. Election security activist Marilyn Marks was part of the lawsuit that triggered the change. But for her, ballot-marking devices, now used widely in 14 states, are not the ideal remedy. We need paper records that are marked by the voter with the voters on hand, where we know that was recorded the way that the voter wanted it recorded. Election security experts working for the plaintiffs in the lawsuit against the state have uncovered several troubling issues. Alex Halderman looked closely at the QR codes where the votes are encoded for the scanner. By analyzing the structure of the QR codes, I've been able to learn that um, there's nothing that stops an attacker from just duplicating one, and the duplicate would count the same as the original barcode. And in late September, another concern came to light. During testing, election workers found half the names of the 21 candidates for Senate intermittently disappeared from screens during the review phase. You never want to rush something which is mission critical, and this is mission critical, into production without proper time of testing. That's really one of the ways bad actors are finding the vulnerabilities they exploit is looking for in honest vulnerabilities and finding out if they can be weaponized, if they can be exploited. This is PBS, October 26th. What, three, three and a half weeks ago? About this Dominion system. The Dominion voting systems, raising serious concerns. PBS. Now if you raise it, you can't put it on Facebook, you can't put it on Twitter, you're dismissed as a nut. What happened to this report? Isn't this important? This is real information. You have the phony cyber team in Washington, D.C. that is a political hit job against the president. You have the phony 16 assistant U.S. attorney. We haven't seen anything. If they were watching public broadcasting system, which is quite left-wing, wouldn't they be concerned about the Dominion system, which, by the way, had a significant failure that was caught? And so now people are saying, we need to really take a look at this in these states and in all the states it's been used. No, 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 you can't do that. Judge says, you don't have any evidence for that. You don't have any. They just want to keep shutting it down and shutting it down. 
The next 30 days, the purpose of the next 30 days isn't to shut down. It's to open up. Now, PBS ran this story on October 26th of this year. Less than three weeks ago. Less than three weeks ago. About this Dominion voting system. Which, again, has already revealed itself to be problematic. And is used in many, many places. Forget about it. Move along. Move along. I'm calling on CNN to fire Christiane Amanpour. And to fire anybody else that calls Donald Trump or anyone else Hitler. Unless they're truly Hitler. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. The media have to begin policing itself. And they can start right here with Christian Amanpour. I want you to listen to this. This was yesterday on CNN International. Which is owned by AT&T. Cut eight, go. This week, 82 years ago, Kristallnacht happened. It was the Nazis' warning shot across the bow of our human civilization that led to genocide against a whole identity. And in that tower of burning books, it led to an attack on fact, knowledge, history, and truth. So stop there. On a whole identity. I think she means Jews. And isn't that interesting? Burning books, an attack on knowledge and history... Go ahead. Years of a modern-day assault on those same values by Donald Trump, the Biden-Harris team pledges a return to norms, including the truth. <sighs> Boy. So she compares Trump to Hitler and Kristallnacht. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. That that a, that a network would tolerate this. And the funny thing is this CNN is run by Jeff Motherzucker, an alleged Jew. Why do I say alleged? Because he doesn't act like one, and as a Jew, I'll say whatever the hell I want to. No self-respecting Jew who runs a network would tolerate this from one of their hosts. No self-respecting anybody who runs a network would tolerate this from any of their hosts. This president has embraced Jewish people, has Jews in his family, and has embraced the state of Israel like no president before. I don't need to go through that over and over again. Unlike Christiane Amanpour, who in Israel, many think she's extremely hostile to them, and she is. All of that said, What is CNN going to do about this? What is CNN going to do about this? With this bozo, this this clown, talks about the President of the United States in the same sentence as Kristallnacht and Adolf Hitler. What are they going to do about this? What are you going to do about it, AT&T? Maybe we oughtn't do to AT&T what the left wants to do to us.
put AT&T on an enemy's list. And any phone connections, any iPhone connections, any connections in your home whatsoever, we will BDS AT&T. Think about it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, this Media Matters organization is really a, uh, is really a, a disreputable operation run by very sick, sick people who would fit in very well in Marxist and fascist regimes. And why wouldn't they? They got seed money and backing from George Soros, so we know his history. They're running around with a headline and they hope some media will pick it up suggesting that I am drawing a comparison between the Holocaust and the election. Now, what I'm saying is that the New York Times, and I'll say it again, the Washington Post and the rest of these operations that did not report on the Holocaust in a way that the American people would know that Jews are being exterminated in Europe, have such a seedy past that they cannot be relied on to tell the truth. If they're going to lie about the extermination of six million European Jews, they'll lie about anything. That's on them, big time. And just so you know, Media Matters is defending the fact that the New York Times and the Washington Post covered up, covered up the Holocaust and censored the Holocaust. There's Soros organization right there. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, you're here with me, ladies and gentlemen, so I'll just keep demonstrating the fraud that goes on here with the media. How many times have I said, I would not, if I were a state legislature, appoint electors? How many times have I said that, Mr. Producer? I said they certainly have the power to do it under the Constitution. But Trip Gabriel, Trip Gabriel, is that a real person, Mr. Producer? Trip Gabriel and Stephanie Saul, old SS, in the New York Slimes this afternoon, without contacting me, write that that's what I've said. Now, I'm going to do my best. I believe it's plain English. I'm talking slowly so they can listen slowly. This show will be on the daily recap in about 30 or 40 minutes on my website. I don't hide what I say. I've never, have we ever deleted a single program from there, Mr. Producer? Never. We got, what, four years of them up there? So let me try it again. See, this, what they're not interested in is what I said. They're interested in advancing an agenda. I said that the existing election laws that are in place in the states, passed by the state legislatures, under Federal Constitution Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, that is the only law in the state that's constitutional, that ballots and counting should be determined based on state law as passed by the state legislatures. Not rogue courts, not rogue governors, not rogue secretaries of state, or the rogue New York Times. They find this controversial because they're afraid their boy may not get across the finish line if, in fact, the Constitution's followed. So they have to lie. That's what they do. They have to lie. That's what they do. And they've done it throughout this newspaper's existence. That's what they do. They lie. So all the morons who are sitting on an Acela train or in their basement smoking a pipe are getting a facial in Manhattan who read this rag. They have no idea what I said. It's taken totally out of context. Now, they don't have a problem with destroying the Supreme Court and packing the Supreme Court. They don't have a problem with destroying the Senate and packing the Senate. They don't have a problem with the attacks on the Constitution because it's the same rag with the same radicals who hate this country and push the 1619 Project. That has not stopped some high-profile supporters of the president, including the talk radio host. They forgot to put in their right-winger, Mr. Producer, Mark Levin and Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida from suggesting that Republican-led legislatures should consider ignoring the popular vote in close-fought states by President-elect Joseph Biden and handing their electoral votes to Mr. Trump. Not handing their electoral votes to Mr. Trump. 
It's the legitimate vote of the people under the Constitution, the way it's always worked. So they are doing the bidding of the Democrat Party. There's a lawyer out there by the name of Mark Elias. Does that sound familiar to anybody? He's a bagman. He was the bagman for the Hillary campaign and a few steps away from the dossier. And I've posted three stories about this man on my websites, on my social sites. And he is the Svengali, the legal Svengali that the Democrats turned to. And he's been all over the country networking, organizing these lawsuits, many of them for the Biden campaign, the Democrats, the left-wing surrogates. Guys out of the closet. And pushing, pushing, pushing for the elimination of these uh, security features to help his party. He's an SOB. A complete SOB. And there are excellent articles that I posted from InsideSources.com. He was Hillary Clinton's lawyer. He was John Kerry's lawyer. He was Harry Reid's lawyer. And he's Joe Biden's lawyer. He's a legal hitman. It's what he does. And I don't mean that in a good sense. Earlier that day, Mr. Levin, says the Slimes, the conservative radio host, had urged Republican state lawmakers to, quote, get ready to do your constitutional duty, writing in capital letters on Twitter. They just took this from Vox. Who was the idiot of Vox? Ezra Klein. And Vox has another one of these stories today. What does it take to get through to these nimrods? To get through to these nimrods. Now, the New York Times is not going to write a story about how all these election laws were changed to assist their man Biden. No, 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 no. And that under the federal constitution, the state legislatures call the shots. No, no, no. New York Times is not going to do that. Because they lie. Because the staff is filled with left-wing reprobates. That's why. Well, I'd rather them attack me than our country in the state of Israel, because usually that's what they do. Remember Anonymous? Anonymous was some low-level Nimrod at the uh, DHS. Anonymous, oh my God, Anonymous? Remember they pushed the Russia collusion? It's just a lousy, lousy newspaper that had to be saved by a, a billionaire. Let's see here. No, I don't want to waste my time with Fauci. Honestly, that guy is, uh, he's got some uh, psychological issues, in my humble opinion. Guy spends more time on TV than, uh, than our good friend Lindsey Graham, Mr. Producer. Trump at the White House today. Cut 17, go. As soon as April, the vaccine will be available to the entire general population, with the exception of places like New York State, where, for political reasons, the governor... Uh, decided to say, and you know, I don't think it's good politically. I think it's very bad from a health standpoint. But uh, he wants to take his time on the vaccine. He doesn't trust where the vaccine's coming from. These are coming from the greatest uh, companies anywhere in the world, greatest labs in the world. But he doesn't trust the fact that it's this White House, this administration. So we won't be delivering it to New York until we have authorization to do so. And that pains me to say that. And, of course, the media jumping on him because that's what they do. 
They're the enemy of the people. They should be jumping on Cuomo because as a practical matter, what's the president supposed to do? Why would he send hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of the vaccine to New York if the governor is going to sit on it, if the governor is going to have to run it through his own state people? That's what the governor said. That's what he said. So the president can't just send them to New York because you have, a, you have an absolute mush brain for, an, for a uh, governor. Go ahead. Amazing vaccine at 90% and more. But uh, so the governor, Governor Cuomo, will have to let us know when he's ready for it. Otherwise, we, we, can't, we can't be delivering it to a state that won't be giving it to its people immediately. And I know many, I know the people of New York very well. I know they want it. So the governor will let us know when he's ready. He's had some very bad uh, editorials recently about this, this statement and what's happened with respect to nursing homes and his handling of nursing homes. And I hope he doesn't handle this as badly as he's handled the nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Well, he is. He is. Man deserves a ticker tape parade. Now back to the New York Times piece. Do you know, Mr. Producer, they took the false information and started calling leaders of Republican houses in the uh, in, in Senates in the, in the states? Are you prepared to appoint your own electors? Now, this has to be, what, the 20th time? 20th time. That's why they're the enemy of the people. They take these lies and they push them. And I think they enjoy it. I think they enjoy it a lot. Now, Joe Biden wants to join the World Health Organization. Remember how they screwed America? Remember how they withheld information? Remember how that resulted in part in the spread of the disease in this country? Joe Biden talks about how he's going to conduct himself differently. No, he's not. He's Joe Biden. 50 years of stupidity and stubbornness. But I want to tell you what happened at the World Health Organization and all my Jewish friends who voted for Joe Biden. Actually, less than normal. But still, among those blaming the WHO meeting, excuse me, this is Ynet News, devolves into an attack on Israel. Here's the World Health Organization. Among those blaming Israel for violating health rights of the Palestinians and Syrians are Venezuela, Iran, Syria, North Korea, Cuba, Malaysia, and Lebanon, all of which are embroiled in civil war, political strife, or human rights violations. So they, there they are, they're meeting at the World Health Organization, and what do they do? They attack the Jews. And one of the first things Dummy said, Biden is, if he is president, is they're going to uh, re-up with the World Health Organization. They're going to redo the Iran deal. They're going to fund the Palestinians. But don't worry. They're friends of the state of Israel. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Remember for a month, maybe it was two, the Democrats plotting in case, in case the mail-in ballots didn't go the way they wanted in so many fraudulent ways. As they write at the Free Beacon, Josh Christensen, Democrats went postal with sabotage claims about the Postal Service. They don't even bring it up now. Nothing. Not a word. What happened, ladies and gentlemen? They're liars. They're filthy bastards. They're liars. That's what they do. And now they want unity and peace. Oh, okay. We want a massive presence on Parler. We want a massive presence on my podcast. You can download it right off my website, marklevinshow.com. Here we go.
Don't forget, folks, Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, a very, very big show. I hope you'll join us or DVR us if you can't watch it live. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and all the investigators and lawyers who are trying to get to the bottom of the fraud from sea to shining sea. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. And good night, my little Barney. Six months now. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. We're fighting like hell for our country. God bless you all. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>